You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel and Lancaster Baptist Church. This podcast gives practical advice on establishing a deaf ministry with Dr. Rick Allen. Dr. Allen's a medical doctor who has been a part of Lancaster Baptist Church since 1999. He served in the U.S. Air Force for 12 years as a family physician before teaching science, first aid, and American Sign Language. He leads the deaf ministry at Lancaster Baptist Church and teaches the Vital Signs Adult Bible Class for the Deaf. Why start a deaf ministry? There are a couple of good reasons. Basically, the Great Commission. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This includes the deaf. Every creature. It requires communication. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We need someone to take God's word, which is going to be written in a foreign language to them, and we need them to preach it to them, explain it to them so they can understand, believe, and ask the Lord to save them. Deaf ministry is critical. You need to conquer a culture. You need to conquer a language. And then you can fulfill the Great Commission. So, some of you have deaf ministries. Some of you may need to start a deaf ministry. Step number one, and this is kind of where it becomes mechanical, but I hope some of this will be help for even those who have a deaf ministry. Get your pastor's heart and vision for the ministry. That is so critical. Your pastor is is your church's expert, if you will, on reaching people. Whether they're young, old, black, white, red, brown, yellow, deaf hearing, he is your resident expert on reaching people. He knows about needs. He knows how to get those needs met. He knows what God wants the church to do. This deaf ministry should be under a local church. Meet with your pastor. Come with questions and plan for a Sunday school class. Roman number two, find the leader. God wants to use a person to head this ministry. You need someone to take that load off of the pastor's hand and run with it. So, you want to meet with the pastor. You need to find the leader. Should be the pastor's choice. You'll want to pray for that leader. Several different things to pray for. A heart for pastor's vision. A heart for the deaf. Pray for their mind uh, to be able to conquer this language and culture barrier. Pray for their body, their hands, so they can be a skilled signer and interpreter. And, and I use that term later on in this outline as well, signer versus interpreter. A signer. They may not have ever taken somebody else's message and given it to somebody else. That's what an interpreter does. A signer, I'm just talking with this person. These are my thoughts. This is my message. I'm giving it to this person. That's a signer. An interpreter, on the other hand, is taking somebody else's message and as clearly and faithfully as possible, communicating it to that person with the same spirit and intent as the sender. Because there will have to be some huge changes that must take place in order for this message, and whether it's English or Spanish, to get to this person in American Sign Language. It is not English on the hands. It is a totally different language. So there has to be a lot of changes. Okay, so that is the essence of an interpreter or interpreting. 
And God's grace or blessing should be evident on this person. If you get pastor's choice, pastor will choose the person where God's grace is evident. It's not enough to just be a good signer or interpreter. It's not enough to have uh, uh, the conquest of these barriers. Uh, God's grace and blessing should be evident. And if you get your pastor's choice, uh, that should take care of itself. Those are the things that you're looking for in that leader of the deaf ministry. However, sometimes it may not be very clear to the pastor right up front. So whether you're a lay person or whether you're a pastoral type of a person, what can you do at that point if it's unclear who that leader should be? Discuss it with a pastor. Consider a sign language class from an acceptable instructor. And it would be important to find uh, an acceptable instructor. You would want to find someone of like faith and practice. Uh, but you'd also like to find someone who's qualified, who knows enough about American Sign Language so they don't necessarily veer your class group off into, say, an English signing type of a situation, which still won't be very clear for your deaf. Um, because there's a, there's a huge spectrum between American Sign Language over here, which is their native language, and signing exact English and all these other variations way over here. Um, it's, it's better than the written word. It's better than the spoken word, but not much better anywhere else. They prefer using their native language of American Sign Language. And this is not a sign language class, so I won't say much about that. Um, pastor mentors the leader to meet deaf needs. Again, your pastor is going to be your resident expert on uh, getting the Great Commission accomplished. So uh, you can depend on your pastor to, to lead you, to lead your leader, to mentor your leader so they can better meet those deaf folks' needs. Uh, your pastor will do an excellent job of that. Um, sometimes your pastor might delegate that to somebody else out of either necessity or out of preference, but that is his call. Bring them in. Expect to transport some or many. Expect to transport some or many. You have a miniature bus ministry, oftentimes, in a deaf ministry. Okay? Don't be shocked. Just plan on it. Go find the deaf and visit. So if we think about the Great Commission, the elements, go teach, baptize, disciple... Those are A, B, C, and D. E, soul winning. F, visitation. G, search. Um, go. Find the deaf and visit them. You might need to um, use things like uh, websites to find out uh, what kind of deaf activities are going on in your area. You might have a GLAD office close by. Um, a deaf kind of a, a social office uh, that might be able to help identify some activities going on, where are deaf going to be, um, how many deaf are in the area. You can use that information to help find them and visit them. If your church is, is good at covering your canvassing your community, they will find deaf folks. You just need to have a system in place to get that information from the soul winner to your deaf ministry. And they develop a list and they go from there. Teach. Share the gospel. Have tracks. Have a Sunday school class. Lead them to Christ. That's the second element of the Great Commission. Baptize. Plan to interpret for them. Not just for the explanation of how come baptism is important, but also pre-think this. How are you going to get them to follow instructions and know what's going on during the baptism itself? 
And oftentimes, if you have a small number of interpreters, that can be very tricky because you often have an invitation that's going on who's interpreting for that invitation. And then you have the baptismal site, and you often will have male and female divisions. Who's going to interpret for that female that's going to be baptized? They need to be standing in eyesight of that person. Who's going to interpret for the male? In our, in our particular facility, the male and female uh, sections of the Baptist area, baptistry area, they lead into a common pool. Okay? So um, they're facing different directions when they come into the pool. But eventually they always are going to face the male dressing area. So if I have a female that's going to be baptized, female has to go with that person into the baptistry area. I have to go to stand on the male side so when they're going to be baptized, they'll be able to see me and I'll be giving the interpreting for them. Okay? They're always going to be facing this direction. If you don't have that kind of manpower, you might need to talk to your pastoral staff and say, hey, for the deaf folks, um, can we have the males face this way, the females face this way, so the same person that goes in with their dressing can be the one standing and interpreting for them. Okay? We haven't had that need here. We have enough interpreters, so I just I always have to go up. Um, if it's a male, I'm the only one that needs to go up. If it's a female, a female for the dressing area, and me stands on the other side once they get into the baptistry waters. These are some things you need to think up ahead of time. You don't want them to feel awkward and totally neglected. Like, oh, I didn't think about that. These are some things you want to think about. Disciple them. Plan to disciple them. Have a plan. Let's get some people identified who uh, have been through a discipleship course, who know how to disciple somebody, and oh, they need to conquer the language and culture barriers while it usually needs to be one of your interpreters to be able to disciple them. Soul winning. Train them, yes, and then bring them with an interpreter. There's no reason why they cannot be part of the Great Commission even if they're in a foreign country, they can still go with an interpreter and be there and learn, watch, learn, and then they can do it on their own. Okay? So bring them with you. Bring them with an interpreter. Visitation. Maybe you have a contact list. Maybe it's a deaf list. Bring them with you. Get them to make those visits. Search the community and the Internet for deaf groups and activities. So you have some folks that uh, maybe you've identified led to the Lord. Don't be content. Look for more. Where else can you shake the bushes? Community uh, sites, Internet sites, um, to look for deaf activities so that you can find some more. Next, I want to talk about worship services. Worship services. Allow interpreters time to prepare. And I would just say, those of you who are on the interpreting side of this equation as opposed to the pastoral staff side of this equation, um, Ask. They may not realize how difficult it is to take and can it be and put it in American Sign Language. Okay? So let them know, hey, can you let me know um, a week ahead of time? Uh, you know, whatever your comfort level is and your interpreting level is, say, hey, can you let me know ahead of time so I can prepare? Also important during the worship services is a good view. Preferably, you want the deaf to be able to see the interpreter and the preacher at the same time. Line of sight. You want them to be in the same line. 
Because you're you as the interpreter, you're just representing the pastor. You want them to see the pastor. The pastor is preaching. You want them to see the pastor. The, de- the details about what the message is, fine, you will convey that. But you want to make sure they can see the preacher. Give them a good view. Pastor decides and God's the interpreter choices. What do I mean by that? Um, the pastor should be deciding what kind of interpreting assignments and responsibilities there are. Now, if there is a lead interpreter set up uh, in your deaf ministry, or if you are able to set that thing up from the very get-go, then the pastor will probably want to delegate that responsibility to that lead interpreter. Because that that's just a whole lot of uh, oversight and management that they may not have time for. Okay? But so the pastor works with that lead interpreter. The pastor gives the lead interpreter his heart. And the lead interpreter takes that ball and they run with it. This is what pastor wants. Um, some churches, for instance, they, they prefer a male interpreting the messages and anybody else can interpret the rest. Some churches don't have a preference. Again, a lot of it uh, depends on how the pastor feels about the role of that interpreter. Next, Roman numeral 5, workers. And... Uh, Those of you who maybe have never seen a deaf ministry in action, some of these things may not be very intuitive to you. A, leader slash lead interpreter. I've already mentioned that position, so uh, you're probably not very surprised about the need for that. There needs to be a leader. There needs to be a lead interpreter. B, then you have other interpreters. One interpreter... Uh, it's very difficult to get the job done with one interpreter. Um, anytime you have more than one deaf person, you usually need more than one interpreter. Um, one deaf person wants to talk about part of the message. The other deaf person wants to meet the pastor. You're stuck. You can either do those things sequentially, or you, okay, oh, first you, and then we'll meet the pastor. Or, um, hmm. That'll have to wait. One of those things are going to have to wait. Maybe next time or whatever. Okay, so you usually need more than one interpreter. Um, Deaf folks deserve to be assimilated into the church. That usually means an escort, an interpreter, someone who can bridge that gap for them. Okay? Next, a signer. There are folks who may not feel comfortable interpreting, who may not be at the skill level, they may not feel led to interpret, um, but uh, they're a signer. Uh, the more signers you have in your church, the more comfortable deaf are going to feel in your church. An example, an usher. Does he ever interpret? No. But wouldn't it be nice if an usher could say, Hi, how are you? In sign language. Um, how many seats do you need? Okay. Um, the more people that can say, hi, how are you? That's in the signer category, if you will. Um, the more comfortable they will feel. Okay? But that does take some preparation. Scribe. What is that? What is a scribe? For the deaf, their mode of communication is their sight. So, if most of the hearing congregation 
has notes to take, guess what? When we look down to our paper, our hearing still works. We can still hear what pastor is saying. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. I got it. I heard the whole thing. But when a deaf person looks down, message is off. They don't hear anything. So it's not practical for them to be catching every third or fifth sign to look down and write something. So you want a hearing person who will take notes for the deaf. And you'd want to be able to coach that person a little bit. Um, if there's some pretty complicated words uh, up there on that slide, that outline, okay, put, you can put that down, but don't stop there. Put a nice 10 cent synonym down there for them. Try to take the next step, make it a little easier for them. I mean, vicarious atonement. Praise the Lord for that doctrine. But. Put some details about that if that's going to go on the outline as a scribe. Okay, um, transporter, Roman numeral or letter E, transporter, someone who's ready to pick up the deaf, bring the deaf, take the deaf home. A lot of times, it's very difficult for the deaf leader or um, perhaps the lead interpreter to do that um, because they might have some other responsibilities that go right up to the time of service start or, or that start right at service end and, oh, it's hard to be in two places at the same time. So it's nice if you can recruit some folks for this miniature bus ministry that you need. Room number six, monitoring progress. Personal growth of your deaf. Are they growing? Those that have been saved, are they growing? Are they showing some fruit? B, salvation. As in numbers. How many folks? How many deaf folks have you led to the Lord? How many deaf folks have been saved in your ministry? Look at that. You want to see fruit. You don't want to just be working, 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 serving, 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 and seeing no fruit. You want to take a look at that. Baptisms. Especially your ratio. For the number of deaf folks that we're seeing saved, how many of them are following in believers' baptism? Okay? Look at that. It'll tell you some things. It'll reveal some needs, perhaps, in your ministry. D, faithfulness. Faithfulness in attendance. Faithfulness in service, if they have a place of service, either in your class or in the church. Look for that. E, discipleship. How many are being discipled? How many have been discipled? F, service. How many have a place of service in the church? G, soul winning. How many are out, sir, out going door to door or going down a death list trying to find people and lead them to Christ? Penetration of the ministry. So how well are we doing? If you take the estimate of about one death in every thousand people, hearing people, then that will help you realize how close you might be to reaching the majority of your deaf in that area. I dare say there's probably not a church in this country that feels like they have reached their community. Okay? But they would have a pretty good idea of knowing how close they are to reaching their community, how many folks have been saved. 
How many folks have been baptized? How many folks are coming to our church? It's not so easy to know unless for the deaf unless you know how many deaf you have in that area. So you can estimate that many, and then as you get to know the community, you might find out a little bit more, a closer estimate of how well you're doing. The next part of your outline gives a lot of the same type of information, but it comes from a different perspective. The asterisk by Roman numeral 1 there is referring to the heart and vision for the ministry of your pastor. Okay? And so what I did was I took our particular um, vision statement here at Lancaster Baptist Church, and I gave some of the, the needs and the things that you want to think about in starting a deaf ministry uh, under those particular points of your vision. The first thing we have in our church is loving God. Loving God. Helping the deaf have a heart for God. And one of the, the best places for them to develop that heart for God are heart-inspiring worship services. And so there are several things listed here that need to be clearly interpreted, faithfully interpreted in the, in the worship services. For instance, the prayer. And prayer is not something you can prepare for. So because in our churches, people don't come up with written prayers. We don't just say the same prayer that bishop, priest, what's-his-face said five years ago on this day. They come up and from their heart, they pray. Nobody knows what's going to come out of their mouth. You usually need a more seasoned interpreter to do prayer assignments. So if you have your cue card and you know what's going to come first, second, third, it helps you prepare to have the right kind of person in that interpreter's chair. Okay? Prayer usually, because of its spontaneity, usually needs to have uh, someone who's more seasoned. Songs, on the other hand, are usually prepared. Because of difficulty and because, hey, the hearing people had to pray for it too. Okay? So those can be prepared for. Those don't necessarily have to have a seasoned interpreter if they have had advance warning so that they can prepare. But if someone's going to interpret that song and they have not had a chance to prepare, it needs to be a seasoned interpreter. Because songs are the most difficult things to interpret. Offertories. I encourage you the best you can to have that prepared. Otherwise, it is totally dead time for the deaf. Okay? A lot of times you have uh, instrumentals, right, during your offertories. Uh, and we're not hearing words necessarily unless you know the song as a hearing person. But are you being blessed by the instrumental? You hear the music. It blesses your heart. And those of you might, oh, I recognize that song. It blesses your heart even more. Guess what? For the deaf, if nobody's signing anything, it's totally dead time. Okay? So help them out with that. Try to have that signed. The sermon, because of its spontaneity, should be a seasoned interpreter doing that. Okay? That's not something necessarily you can prepare much for. If your pastor has uh, their sermon outlines done uh, far ahead of time, that, that gives you a great uh, head start, but still... They're typically not going to go word for word off that outline. That outline might be uh, a skeleton or Dr. Willett or Russ Lester Roloff or whatever. There may be no notes. Okay? So um, have that uh, be a seasoned interpreter. Invitation. I encourage you to have two interpreters. Okay? Um, in our church, 
we often have a song leader who is singing, and we often have the person who's leading the invitation, two different people. And even for a very good interpreter, if the deaf are not used to seeing an invitation conducted, they may be a little bit confused at what's going on as you, one interpreter, play the part of two different people. Song leader, preacher. Okay? So I encourage you to have two interpreters during the invitation, if at all possible. It certainly can be done with one, but it will help your death. Counseling. You have some folks who want to come forward. They, they need some uh, discussion, prayer, whatever. Um, if, if it involves a decision for Christ, whether it's salvation or sin or, or whatever, I encourage you, have a counselor and just let you be the interpreter. It's just, it's just far more difficult for you to try to play the role of counselor and interpreter unless you're very good at counseling, biblical counseling, and you're very good at sign language, then it makes it, hey, I'm just, it's just like I'm talking with Aunt Sue. This is fine. I'm used to this. Okay, otherwise, I'd encourage you, hey, have a great counselor and you as a great interpreter, and then let them make their decision for Christ. Okay? And then a note uh, for the scribe. Insert synonyms. Um, Again, we're talking about letting them have a heart for God. We're talking about the worship services. We want them to have some notes that they can refer to that will be meaningful. So plan on inserting some synonyms. Okay? Vicarious atonement. Um, You know, verbal plenary inspiration of... Oh, my. My, my. You know, that's, that's a mouthful for a hearing person. Especially if they're unchurched. You know? And these will often be unchurched as well as a... Uh, dealing with English as a second language. Quality interpreting. I encourage you to have practice sessions and workshops. Okay, this is still under having a heart for God uh, to help your worship services go well. You want to have quality interpreting. So do some preparation. Have some workshops. Uh, have a chance to practice. Um, for a workshop, for instance, um, this is, this is really good. You can have a mixture of some songs that are recorded. You can have uh, some announcement segments, some prayer segments, some message segments. The interpreter puts the headphones on. And your audience at that workshop are now deaf. Okay? So now the interpreter is just hearing and interpreting. And now they get realistic feedback from their deaf group. These are probably all hearing in your workshop. But they don't get to hear the message anymore. So they'll be able to tell you, well, you know, man, I've never had so much trouble understanding you before. Well, yeah, because you've never had to rely on their signs before. Because you were always able to hear it. Okay, so this is a more realistic practice session. Okay, putting the headphones on and you interpret to a group that cannot hear the message and now you get some realistic feedback of how clear you were or how clear you were not. Okay? And then again, transportation so they can get to the services. Second part of our vision is growing together. So first, having a heart for God, loving God. Second, growing together. A Sunday school class is so critical. Letter A, a Sunday school class in sign language. It's preferred that it be in sign language. Just like it might be analogous to if you had the choice of having a Spanish teacher teaching a Spanish class versus a 
English teacher going through a Spanish interrupter to a Spanish class, it works a whole lot better if the teacher and the class share the same language. Okay, so you want to have a Sunday school class in sign language. Um, consider giving them some simple devotions, things that they might be able to read during the week, either as a preview to the lesson or as something that follows your lesson. C, plan on going over vocabulary. You can't cover it all in a Sunday school lesson, but take some things that are pretty common, pretty critical terms uh, that are going to show up in your lesson or in the Bible or maybe the preaching in general and, and explain those. And our pastor's done a really great job. Um, I think you could probably attest to this. Uh, he's, he's a great teacher. He's got the heart of a teacher. And oftentimes, right in the middle of a message, he'll use a term. And I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm praying, I'm hoping, okay, please explain that. Because I... Um, I, I want to be able to just interpret what you say. I don't want to have to do a whole lot more. Um, and he will, he will do that. Uh, you should do that in class. Um, use a word that you think is important to use, but you know they're not going to know the meaning of it. Tell them what it means. Saved. Lost. Soul winning. A disciple. Okay? Uh, you want to teach him these things. And then D is discipleship. E is soul winning. These are uh, parts of the thing that you want uh, them to help grow. F, contact list. Part of growing together. Teach them to develop a contact list. They have friends. Have them pray for them. Have them visit them. You go with them. Write them letters. G, interpret for them to better assimilate them in a predominantly hearing church. Again, escorting them around. They, hey, they want to go around and talk to people too. H, activities, growing together, activities. It is so critical that they have a chance to fellowship. I mean, think of, think of the things that you treasure about the group of believers that you have in your life. Isn't it a blessing to be able to hear a testimony? Right? I, I can hear about the Dodgers from anybody. In fact, I mean, you just go to work. And you hear about everything you had nothing, you had no idea about. Oh, I didn't know that was happening. Wow. You know, uh, you just hear it. But, but I can only hear testimonies in my church, my church group. You know, that's, that's from, and that will bless their heart, just like it blesses yours. You hear about God answering a prayer. You hear about, wow, you know, I met my wife here. I mean, give them that, give them that opportunity, have activities. And there are all, all, also lots of things you can do that are fun during an activity. Lots, lots of different sign language kind of games they can play. Sign language classes. Letter I. Sign language classes. I've mentioned a lot of different types of people wearing all these different types of hats. And maybe you figured out, you know what? More people need to learn sign language in my church. Yes. It's critical. It's critical. Okay? So plan on doing that. Sign language classes. Room number three, our third aspect of church vision, serving others. So, loving God, growing together, serving others. Letter A is church ministry. Church ministry. Interpret for the deaf as needed. Don't you enjoy serving in your church? Give the deaf that opportunity. Uh, did, did someone have to tell you how to, uh, you know, hey, don't greet the person like that. Uh, greet them like this. Okay. 
Or, hey, these are the things that you want to um, have an answer for when, when uh, someone comes up to you, you're part of the hospitality team, okay? You need to know where these five places are. Every time you're out there, you, know, you need to know where these five places are, okay? Or as an usher, you know, these are the things you need to be ready for. You know, crying child, a uh, person trying to find a seat, um, a disgruntled person. You know, it helps if you have someone who can explain that. Give them that opportunity. There's going to need to be some communication, some training. So just, just expect it. Hey, do we want them to be able to serve? Oh, yes. This, it's a blessing to serve. Give them that opportunity. Plan on interpreting for them. Okay? B, soul winning, serving others. I mean, keeping them out of hell. What, uh, what more can we do? That is, uh, that is really important, serving others. And then discipleship, uh, giving them the opportunity to be better grounded, and then they can make another disciple themselves. Thank you for listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. Today's lesson was on establishing a deaf ministry with Dr. Rick Allen. 